notes for you to click mm-hmm. on. And gosh, thank you so much, Jeffrey, for taking well, hey, the time. So, but wait a minute. There's, there's a surprise coming for you that you oh. don't know about. <laughs> nice. This is your show, but now I'm going to flip the table and turn it on you. So I think it's important for your listeners to understand how you and I ended up here, how we ended up having this conversation, because this to me wraps up everything that we spoke about in a lot of ways about the importance of relationship. And what I like to point out also is how the, these, that people can come along in your life that you can suddenly find. Welcome to Scratch Your Own Itch Podcast, the show about the things we think about but don't ever talk about. My name is Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. These conversations are about creating a life worth living with a focus on sharing stories about battles in our heads. Topics range from depression, addiction, self-doubt, past traumas, and everyday compulsive thinking. And my hope is that this show will just shed some light on anyone in the dark that feels like they're alone in their daily struggles. Please take note that this show is not meant to be a replacement for professional diagnosis or professional therapy. I am not a counselor or therapist. So, my curiosity question for you is, did you know that you have a uniqueness to yourself that no one else has? Okay, let me ask you this again. Did you know that you have a uniqueness to yourself that no one else has? Okay, let me set the tone. You've been told you're different. But then for some odd reason, you have a point in your day where you feel like you and your business is suffering because you feel like there's too much noise or you're just doing something like everyone else. And I would like to give you the permission to unblock whatever it is that's in your way or whatever you keep hearing people say and just be your own biggest fan. Get out of your way. Ego is the enemy in this case. It's very often true, and I'm going to help you get out of your own way. But we all need some help in this area. If you have been someone who is trying to develop their unique voice or their lingo, then this episode is for you. Because my guest today is a genius when it comes to finding your unique skill set as a business and as a person because really you are your business and your business is well you all right so if you're wondering who my guest is today his name is jeffrey shaw and he is the host of the popular business podcast creative warriors and he teaches us how to hone in on our ideal customer by discovering your secret language Jeffrey is a keynote speaker, a business coach for entrepreneurs, and author of the best-selling book, Lingo. But that's just the tip of the iceberg of who he really is. So, without further ado, give a warm welcome to the one and only Jeffrey Shaw. Hey, Jeffrey, man. Hey, Logan. I'm so psyched to be here with you. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. 
I can't imagine where it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, to be on this show. I just I want to say, first off, I acknowledge you and your work. And I can't wait for anyone that hasn't heard of you yet to get m- to know you more. So uh, in order to do that, the mission of the show is to scratch your own itch, which is, you know, solving a problem that maybe you had with yourself that you're like, you know what, I can't just, I can't keep this private. I got to tell somebody else about this. So when I kind of ask you that question of how you're scratching your own itch and how it connects to maybe your own story, um, what is your story, man? How does that connect to you? Hmm. Wow. You know, it's, gosh, there's so many, Logan, there's so many ways to look, look at that. Um, you know, first of all, no matter what stage we're at in our own lives, we, uh, we always have this pool of problems and this, this scratch that we're itching. Uh, you know, let's face it, I'm considerably older than you. I just turned 54 and been an entrepreneur for 33 years. And you know what? Our problems, our place and where we are in life really isn't that different. You know, we grow and we expand and, but boy, it's really easy to imagine that someone else is in an entirely different place in their life than you are. And they may be chronologically, but we're all still scratching our own itch. You know, we're all still looking at the the, the problems and taking the next step and, and trying to figure it all out. Uh, and I'm always fascinated by this. I, I work with a lot of coaching clients. I had a call with a client today who you know, was blocked, as you say, she's, and the answers are kind of right in front of her and life. I shouldn't see it's not as much answers, but life is unfolding right in front of her. And that's why she has a coach, right? That's why I show up to help her see what's in front of her, man, the, the look of relief on her face when our conversation today was over is, is tremendous because she just needed the permission, as you say, to know that she's okay. She's okay where she is. And, um, you know, I guess the big story for me, if I were to really unwind from all of it, which is the basis of my book lingo. And and that is that, you know, I set out at 20 years old to be a photographer and went back to my hometown and failed miserably for three years and pushed, worked really hard. And, um, but what it took for me to understand was this turning point moment that I was kind of barking up the wrong tree, right? I was trying to, I was trying to speak a lingo that was not aligned with the market. You know, I grew up in a, it was a lower middle-class community and, and I'm speaking the lingo of the importance of having family portraits to hand down generation after generation and preserving children's memories and realizing, gosh, this, this means nothing. Nothing to people who don't know how they're going to pay their rent that month or how to, they're going to put food on their table that night. You can't make promises of long-term benefit when people are only able to look at what's in front of them. So when I realized that, that's when I changed my life. That's when I realized I needed, as a photographer, a portrait photographer, I needed to serve a high-end market and um, and you know set about to, to change that. So these these stories, as you say, these, uh, these itches <laughs> – are always looking to be scratched. So, you know, you ask me uh, that same question a couple months from now, I'll probably have a different answer. Yeah, and that's what's so critical about it. It's like liquid. It's constantly flowing. And, um, you know, I think that's the hardest part about business overall is 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 choosing the thing and the route that you really want to get down and get dirty with. Um, and uh, the reason why I think it's really hard for anybody that's a creative um, to actually just pick one path is because everything does seem 
really shiny and awesome to go down towards because there's just we're inundated with a uh, amount of information and to just go down one route. Um, so I'd really like to ask you because I, I know that you've struggled with this in the past. Um, that sort of, um, uh, what do they call it? Like, uh, master of none, but, uh, the tr- trick of the trades or trick of the mm-hmm. trick Jack of, of all trades, yes. master of none. Yeah. Thanks for helping me with that. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 um, you know, honestly, to be totally transparent and, and vulnerable with everyone right now, I have that same thing. I feel like I'm a Jack of all trades, but master of none. Uh, do you feel like you're kind of like this as well? It, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess my, my response to that first isn't who says that's wrong. Okay. So that's the first thing I want to say, who says that's wrong? Like to be, to be a Jack of all trades, master of none, right? It's, it's, it actually, I I love that you're actually bringing it up because it is probably my most hated phrase. (laughs) And I say that I'm glad you bring it up because now we get to talk about it. It's my most hated phrase because it is paralyzing to those of us like you and I who are creative thinkers and are willing to think out of the box. You know, here's what I compare it to Logan. I, it's somewhere along the line, somebody, it seems like that phrase was developed from the idea that somebody decided that we had a limited capacity to be creative, that we had a limited capacity to make an impact in the world. And what I like to say to that is, do we have a limited capacity to love? I'm a parent of three kids. When I first child was born, I loved him deeply with all my, what I thought was all my heart. Everything in my soul loved that child. Well, then a second one came along. Was I out of love? Was there no more reservoir? Of course not. The heart expands. Your capacity and ability to love a second child just expands your ability to love. And then there's a third one, right? And there's no limitation. Your, the, your ability and capacity to love can expand with the opportunities, in this case, children that come along. So why do we think that we have to limit our capacity to create many things? Why do we have to limit our capacity to have a big impact in the world? Because someone came up with this phrase that, oh, if you do too many things, you're a, you're a jack of all trades, master of none. I'll be damned, Logan. I'm actually really good at a lot of things. And I'll bet you are too. And a lot of us are. It's not that we can only be good at one or two things and we're, we do the other things half-assed. No, we can be really good at many things. In today's world right now, I'm a photographer, I'm a speaker, I'm a podcast host, I'm an author. I don't even know what else I do. I do a lot of stuff, right? And I'm on the way to mastery of all of them. You know, photography is, I've mastered photography, I've been doing it for 33 years, and I'm always looking to get better as a speaker and an author, but I'm on the way to mastery of all of them. Nothing is, and the only reason I haven't perhaps mastered each of them at the level of mastery, if, if you will, is because I haven't been at it as long as I've been. I haven't put in those 10,000 hours, if you will, but I'm on the way and that, and you're on your way. It doesn't mean that we have to limit our capacity to do many things. And I, I think this is the most freeing message that we can get out there because people like you and I, and, and all the other creative thinkers, you know, it's just why shut down what is natural to us. I mean, as creative thinking people, which I think most of us innately are, we have the ability to see more, hear more, and feel more. And I'm just not willing to shut down my capacity to hear everything I can and see everything I can and to feel everything I can. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh. I get a little impassioned about that. Can you tell? 
Yeah, no, no, and that's a good thing. It's uh, freeing, right? I, I think we should be free. I don't think we should be caved into it. We live in a really traditionally thinking world in a lot of ways that, you know, I also think, you know, which is ironic, I guess, as the lingo guy, right? The guy that wrote his lingo. There's a way in which we get stuck into reciting phrases and, and mindsets and things in our world, we get stuck in reciting these same things over and over again, but we've lost touch with what they actually mean. And that's an old phrase. So when's the last time anybody has questioned whether it's even accurate anymore? But, you know, that the idea of being a jack of all trades, master of none, and not being a negative, maybe that was true 100 years ago. But is it true today in today's world where we need people who can create change in way and and to brainstorm we need people to come up with creative solutions to the problems in the world so this isn't a one you know we can't look at it as a one solution at a time we need to brainstorm and use our creativity to look at what what needs to be solved and what we can create in the world today hey logan tyler nelson here i would so appreciate it if you took some time to hit the subscribe button i really want to just Honestly, live and give. Why? Because I was told when I was young that if you're feeling down, the best way to feel better is by lifting someone up again. So in an effort to make someone feel less alone, please hit the subscribe button so the podcast has a better chance of being found and making someone feel less alone. And if you're feeling down, hey, it can help you. Know that by hitting that subscribe button, you just did someone a huge favor. So thank you for hitting that subscribe button. Okay, that is awesome that you uh, that you just, I think there is a sort of like, yes, it looks cool to just pick one path and do it and go for it. I know for a fact that it actually led to my um, near-death experience that I thought I was supposed to be an actor, And that was the one thing I was going to do. And when I wasn't that, it led to an identity crisis. I didn't know where I was meant to be placed in the world. And just a few thoughts led to trying to make a very, um, I guess you could say, uh, place a very permanent uh, solution to a very temporary problem. And, And so I then allowed myself to just be many things and, you know, to be a podcaster, to be a writer, to be a, um, to, to, to be an athlete, you know, to work out like you're so right. We're human beings. We're not robots. We weren't programmed to just do one thing and one thing only. Um, if we were, uh, well, uh, life could be just honestly not creative at all and everything would be black or white and i and i love that you use this uh definition of your own creativity where you go hey it's okay to be jack of all trades but i've got to ask you because i i i know that you um will definitely connect with this when i ask you what you see as far as the evolution of branding is um what do you what does that mean to you branding um, well, branding has layers to it. You know, I look at branding overall as your outward, uh, the, the outward of your message, right? So branding is, is I'm, I'm really focused on, hence the, why I wrote the book Lingo. I'm really focused on the, the language. 
language, the secret language of the branding, so the brand message, right? But branding is also very visual, right? So it's all part of the what I refer to as front-facing branding, and that's what I focus on. What is it that lets the world know what you're all about? So in my work, uh, in my lingo coaching work that I do with clients, we one of the things that we do is we we create what's called a standout statement. I think it's one of the most powerful uh, branding mechanisms that one can have. So a standout statement, you could say, is the modern day slogan or tagline, but with a very different essence. The difference is slogans and taglines tend to come from someone's head, right? And because it does, it lacks an innate energy to it. it. It might be clever. It might be humorous. You could you could look at a, a slogan or a tagline and think, oh, that's really cute. It's clever. It's smart. So, but it doesn't evoke a, an emotional response. The difference is a standout statement, and because the stand to, to conclude with a standout statement is actually a process that I go through with my clients, where we have to first go deep to understand what is it that they stand for, right? And that's that's it's a little bit of purpose, it's a little bit of your why, it's a little bit of your story. It's none. It's not any one of those things individually, but it. It combines all of that to really get down to, well, what is it that you stand for, right? And that when you figure out what you stand for, that's actually the common factor, if you will, in all the things that probably get your attention. You know, one of, one of the quotes I use often with my own clients is when you understand your, your purpose, right? You, you can wear many hats and they'll hang on one hook. So you could say that when you combine why you do what you do, what your sense of purpose is, what's the story behind that, what 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 about that makes sense that this is what you do. When you combine all that together, that's when I think you come up with, well, this, this is what I stand for. Then, in the and as I teach in the book Lingo, the goal is for you to define who you're standing up for. So who is it then that you're meant to serve or reach with your uniqueness? And then lastly is how can we stand out above the noise? So that's what a standout statement is. It actually is, you know, I refer to it as a standout statement because it's about what you stand for, whom you're standing up for, and how you stand out. And when you when you develop this from the inside out, what you end up with is a sentence that my criteria is that it must be three to seven words because it, it, you can create a lot of power in three to seven words. And the result is, is that when, when the person, when the people that you're standing up for, who you've, whom you've defined as your ideal customer, when they read that statement, they can feel the energy behind it. They can feel the power of what you're saying and they feel like it resonates for them. And, and often people will say things like, wow, it's like you're in my head because it has that much emotional power to it. Wow. <laughs> wow, I just have to interrupt you because honestly, I love how like clear cut and precise it is at the very end where you're like, it comes down to sometimes just three to seven words because, um, honestly, like that cuts through the noise. Like, you know, you, you talk about the 80 20 principle in your book mm -hmm. and how, uh, so much of our time can actually be taken up by doing free business. And I think if you have that three to seven words where people do hear it and they go, that's for me, that is for yeah. me. I need to talk to this person more and I need to get them in my life a little bit more. Um, yeah. so. And the, the 80, 20 rule, Logan, by the way, is very similar to what we were just talking about, about, uh, you know, jack of all trades. 
when's the last time somebody really stopped to take into consideration is what we've known still true today? And that's the way I feel about the the what's called the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule. And just in case anyone's not familiar with it, the 80-20 rule is that 80% of your income comes from 20% of your customers. And this has been a long-held truth in business. And you know what? It's I'm not going to say that it isn't true in many areas of, of business and in life. But for us entrepreneurs, let's really look at in today's world whether it's true. And if it is true, does it need to be? Because here's what the 80-20 rule is really saying. If 80% of your business comes from 20% of your customers, then that means 8 out of 10 customers are a waste of time. You're only getting your income from 2 out of 10 customers. Then the other 8 are a waste of your time. Well, that's no longer effective. That's, that's no longer sustainable as an entrepreneur or small business today. And this is where, again, we get caught into these mindsets of just going forward in life and thinking, well, the 80-20 rule is true. So I will take any work that can come along, even if eight out of 10 of them are a waste of my time, that's what I'm supposed to do. And what I'm saying is, no, it's actually, it, it's not the best, it's not a sustainable business model, right? Because it costs too much money and it takes too much effort to get each and every customer we get today. We actually need to leverage the opportunities in every one of them. And it is possible when you speak the secret language, when you speak to the heart and essence of the people that you are meant to serve, that you can work, you can create a business where almost every one of your customers are the most profitable, the most joyous to work with, and therefore your ideal customers. Yeah. And this is where uh, I love this that you're talking about this. This is where like I believe that 100% people become, instead of, having just customers they become friends with their customers like their customers start to go like wow i i uh i want to let you know that hey i'm going to a wedding in two weeks and i'd love you to come because you know we just become just such great friends over the time of doing business with each other um and that's what i i dream of doing one day is being able to actually have someone say that to me one day that would be like amazing um you know and so i think the reason why i just bring it up is because it's a it's a difference of of doing business to just look at everyone as a dollar sign instead of doing businesses looking as everyone as a person that they have a heart that they have a, uh, a a strong pain in their life that you get to solve as a person and i love how your book kind of debunks that sort of uh uh myth that it's not possible to have that but it, it is <laughs> and so yeah. that's what i got from it you know that's just what i'm interpreting it as yeah. and not only is it it possible i think it's necessary you know the the crazy thing is really that the premise of lingo and, and the idea of of understanding the, the the lingo and the essence and the secret language of your ideal customer. Again, this is it's actually a 30 year story for me. I mean, this is when I changed my life and my business 30 years ago. And this is the way I've I've coached people and developed businesses ever since. It's interesting that I mean, here I am writing the book now, coming out in 2018, and it's actually more relevant today than ever. Right, because and the reason I believe it's more relevant is I, I believe with absolute certainty that moving forward, we are going to continue to evolve into uh, a society of doing business in a way that people want to feel connected with the people they choose to do business with, and we're already seeing incredible evidence of that. Right, uh, social media and transparency in corporate America. You know, if anytime we see a company, uh, we find out information about a company that doesn't feel aligned with masses of people. 
they drop that product. They stop going to that company. They stop going to that brand because they, they, you know, look at Abercrombie and Fitch, right? A couple of years ago made some, you know, really off color comment about, uh, you know, teenagers or something like that. And yeah, that's the time, the primary market. And it doesn't take much before people are like, oh, that just doesn't work for me. I'm no longer going to support that brand or that business. Right. So in this age of transparency, which is extreme, I mean, it always amazes me when politicians are caught you know, something comes up that politicians did something stupid in their past. And I just look at it and think, how is it that they didn't think that was going to show up? Right. <laughs> how is it? I mean, you know, it's different if it was way back in your past. But in today's world, how is it that you could possibly think that something's not going to come out when everything comes out? We live in such a transparent world. So with this, it's going to be more important than ever for people to feel an emotional connection with the businesses and brands that they do business with, that they feel that their hard-earned money is going towards not just businesses, but businesses on a mission, that they can feel good about that brand and with that brand. That's why businesses like Tom's and Tom's Shoes and uh, companies like that have, have excelled because people feel like they're contributing to the mission. Even Elon Musk Right. I mean, people buy a Tesla because it's an amazing work of art and an amazing machine, but they also invest in Tesla by buying its products because they believe in Elon Musk's mission. Right. To, to, to better the world with less impact on the world. So, you know, I, I believe wholeheartedly that the, the future ahead of us is it's even more important that we have relational businesses and not transactional businesses. Wow, ah, the the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up because it's like, you know, I think there's so many people that want that, you know, that feel like, oh gosh, like, you know, I, I, um, I'm run down and I'm not happy anymore uh, in my business or I'm not happy because I want a business and I don't have one. And there's just so much competition and I, and I, I know for a fact that it's, it's getting deep inside those quality questions to create a quality life, uh, in, in your, in your business as well. Um, and so for, for me, I want to ask you, do you have, uh, like, a couple of, uh, turning points in your life, uh, just cause I want to go back a little bit, uh, in your life where, where, where things weren't, really going great for you and, and you had to kind of um really go deep inside and and figure it out i've had a lot of them <laughs> and still do and expect to have a lot more yeah so um certainly you know i was 20 years old setting out as a photographer and struggled and failed for three years and um so let me unwind let me unpack that a little bit more so i Went to photography school. I got got out. I finished photography school at age twenty. And again, I was kind of directionless in life. I, I didn't have parents that that suggested or forced that we go to college. Like it wasn't really even an option. My my family didn't have money, and uh, it wasn't really even presented as an option. So I felt a little lost. I didn't know what to do with my future when high school was over. And so I had a talent as a as a photographer i just didn't know what to do with it so i enrolled in a, in a one-year photography program and in that one year it really unfolded for me that uh in fact i went to photography school thinking i was going to go into photograph architecture because that's what i loved and and also at that time i really dealt with with a severe uh issue with shyness you know i didn't i didn't really like interacting with people so i figured photographing buildings and architecture was great right i didn't have to deal with people 
And uh, however, in the course of that year, I fell in love with photographing people. And I realized it was actually perfect as an introvert because it, there was a, it's a really intimate moment when you're photographing someone particularly if it's one individual, but even if it's a family, like you really intimately get involved with them. So I found the experience of photographing people really satisfying to me as a, as a person and as an introvert. So, um, I came out of photography school. I went, I actually had rented what would become my storefront in my hometown before I even finished the program, before I graduated. And, uh, was ex really excited about it, honestly making my father proud. I had a very contentious relationship with my father and I was really excited about making him proud and I couldn't wait to tell him my one year sales, right? I had a, I had a goal and I was going to impress him and make him proud with what, how much money I made in one year. And I went into business in September, got engaged, uh, that Christmas, uh, with the intention of getting married the following August. So a lot's happening in your first year in business. As if enough's not happening, I added all that to it. Well, August of the following year comes around. It's the day of my wedding day. And my father dies on my wedding day. A month shy of my one-year anniversary of being in business. So I'm 11 months into business, and, and he dies suddenly the day of my wedding, which was completely unexpected, massive heart attack. I'm with him. I'm the only one with him. It happens just hours before the ceremony. Now, Logan, I can tell you this put my life in a tailspin for the next couple of years because it was an unexpected event. Uh, I had stretched myself physically really far because it was my first year in business and I was taking on the world. Uh, and I had stretched myself so thin because I thought all I had to do was get through the wedding and I was going to have a two-week honeymoon. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. So it physically just wiped me out uh, to the point that I, it took me months to recover just even physically. And, uh, you know, I was left trying to figure a lot of things out. The reason I went into business was to make my father proud. And then I was looking forward to that one year of telling him how well I did, which by the way, wasn't going as well as I had thought it would, but I still was proud of what I accomplished and felt like he would too. Um, so yeah, turning point, right? A major turning point. And, and it took me a couple of years to unwind from that. And then that's when I decided to change my business and go for the high-end market, which was clearly the lingo I was meant to speak. And and life goes forward. Uh, married, had you know three kids. 19 years into the marriage, I get divorced. All right, so now I'm 39 years old. That unpacks a whole lot of life. Um, but again, you pick yourself back up, you go forward. Uh, let me see, five years after that, I come out as a gay man. Realizing, you know, I had been obviously just all along, you could say, but it was never anything I had identified with or that I had ever understood. Um, I was on a trajectory. At, I was married at 20 years old. Uh, when my father died the day of my wedding, we were still married that night with the minister. We never had the ceremony or the reception or anything, but still got married. And then we had kids and then you had the next house, you know, the first house and then the next house and then the bigger house. And I was just on a forward trajectory of a very traditional life that I felt I was obligated to live up to until I divorced and had a few years to unwind from all that and looked at myself and my life and wanted to be authentic and true. And all this stuff bubbled up for me. And I realized that I'm a gay man and I had to be, it was time for me to be honest with that. And uh, so I came out at 44. Another turning point, life starts over again. But that was probably the, that to me was the turning point of truth for me. Uh, and not just in the way that I was owning my own truth, but also how the world looked back at me. 
you know, I, coming out is a mind-bending process when you're older, particularly. And it's, you know, you've been married, you have three kids. Uh, what amazed me more than anything is at a time in my life when I thought I could lose everything. I didn't know if I would have my children's love anymore. I didn't know if my very, you know, typically conservative photography client would allow me in their home. I felt like I was putting everything on the line to to be truthful to myself, risking the relationship with my kids, risking, uh, you know, my business and feeling like I needed to do it anyway. And what I actually found was the greatest amount of acceptance and love imaginable. I feel like suddenly the world turned around and said, we see you for who you are and all that you are and you're okay. We accept you. And from that point on has been, you know, some 10 years later now, that's what the last 10, 10 years have looked like. It's just been this, this overwhelming uh, feeling of being seen and a time that's been scary for me. Uh, it's also asked me to step up and allow myself to be seen. And in the process of doing that, realize that I can have more impact on other people. So the reason, honestly, Logan, the reason you see me today as someone who's out there in the world with the podcast, public speaking, you know, writing books, is because I decided it was time for me to step up to the world that was already seeing me and that I needed to show up for them. Oh, man. That's like, so turning points, there have been a few. Yeah, just just a few. Just a few. Just a few. Jeffrey, thank you so much for uh, being vulnerable just now and, and, and putting it all out and, and hanging it out on the line. And, you know, I was on another podcast where I talked about uh, – you know, it's kind of like sports in a way. You got to, if you really want your message to hit someone, it's going to be through putting it all on the line and realizing that some people aren't going to like it. Some people are going to love it though. And to be okay with that. And, uh, it's, it's hard. Same thing with sports. You know, sometimes you put it all on the line and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. And so I'm just so freaking like, man, I'm giving you a huge virtual, hug right now uh, is because we're not in the same room, even though we may sound like it. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for, for doing that. But I, I want, I could hang out with you for 14,000 more hours and I just want to get into what I call scratching the surface curiosity questions, which is just some questions I come up with throughout the week that I just really need to ask this individual that's on today. If that's okay with you. Go for it. Awesome. So, um, Ah, man, the first question uh, is sort of a, a uh, question about you and what you think makes someone stand out or makes them stand out with their business. What is that thing? It's their perspective. So uh, this is something I do a lot of my work that I I like to dig to, to figure out what someone's unique perspective is because I believe we all – I believe our perspectives are as unique as our DNA – because how you look at the world is a combination of what made an impression on you as a child. It's a combination of the work experience you have. It's the education that you have. It's the relationships that you've been in and out of. Everything you've been through in life up to this point has had, made an imprint on how you look at the world and how you look at the way that you do things. And, and Logan, if you and I had more time together, there's no doubt you have something very unique and interesting about you. We all do. But yours is your light 
of uniqueness and unique perspective is just on the verge of shining like ultra bright, you know, and, and it's, it's a matter of figuring out what that unique perspective is. It's why siblings growing up in the same household can look at their childhood entirely different because what makes an impression on us is unique to us. And if we pay attention to what has made an impression on us throughout our lives, we can then figure out why we look at the world the way we do and how we look at the world in our unique way explains then how we can help other people in their lives by sharing our unique perspective and, and sharing that experience with people that even if they they may share in that perspective, they may not, they may be curious about it. But, you know, we all have a unique way of doing things. And I believe that what makes us stand out and separates us from everybody else is if we can kind of uncover our unique perspective and then share that with others. Hey, friends. So let me ask you real quick. Are you someone who's trying to get more visibility? Who's trying to be in front of the crowd? Well, if that's you, I want to let you know that, first of all, you're not alone. Second of all, if you want to get on more podcasts or ones that actually scratch your own itch, meaning maybe you have a book or a business or maybe you do speaking or if you don't yet do speaking, maybe you can and maybe you'd love to. Well, I put something together for you and in this little giveaway, I'm going to show you how to pitch yourself or podcast and how to actually be professional when you show up so you can be the next authority in your niche so you can start scratching your own itch. I know what it's like to build something, create something, and then there just be crickets. No one wants that. You need to be seen. You need to be heard because you have a message to share, a message that is worthy of hearing. Podcasts nowadays, more than ever, are being consumed by people. And guess who's actually learning the knowledge that's being shared? It's podcast listeners. It gives you a license to be an authority in whatever area you really dream of being an authority in. So if this at all starts to give you a little itch to scratch, just email Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com. Again, that's Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com. Oh, well done. Well done, my friend. That was that was beautiful. I uh, had to tell. Um, I can't wait to re-listen to that time and time again. Uh, just when I get I get confused and, and unclear of why I'm uh, supposed to be a, a, a beautiful human being on this planet, you know? And so I really appreciate that, uh, that you, you outline it like that and take the time to really have those deep thoughts and be able to have such a clear message and how to actually uh, promote that. So the next question that I'd love to ask you is, um, who is someone that is uh been in your life that's always just been there for you whether they um it's a it's an author or someone that you haven't even met but it's just always grounded you and made you go okay all right i've been an idiot for the last five days 
I need to get back to this this author, this mentor of mine. Hmm. Wow. Gosh. So I can think of so many. Um, let's see. Well, I'm gonna. Ha- I have to go with three people here, and I'll try to summarize them. So my. Uh, <laughs> My grandmother was an incredibly important role in my life. So, um, and lost her a little bit in the young side too. Um, but she had a huge impact on my life. So, whenever I think of if I had the opportunity to spend an afternoon sitting on a park bench with one person, who would it be? It would absolutely be my grandmother. So, she's the source of groundedness for me, uh, which is part of the question you asked. The other part of the question you asked is, would, well, who would it be if it was somebody you don't know? And for me, it would be, uh, author Jim Rohn. Um, I don't know too much about him. I don't know too much about his life, but they, I, I live by many of his quotes. So he's he's well known for the quote that a lot of people know, which is not necessarily one of my favorites, but he's well known for the quote that we are the culmination of the five people we hang out with or spend the most time with. He's well known for that quote. What The quote of Jim Rohn's that I love tremendously and, and, and again, grounds me is that uh, our level of success rarely exceeds our level of personal development. So whenever I want to grow in my success in life, I first look at how do I need to grow as a person? So that is a quote that has been in my life for years. Uh, and, and, you know, I always come back to, and the third person I said, I'd mention as far as somebody who's been in my life a long time, it's my best friend, Roger. Uh, we're, we couldn't be more different in a lot of ways. Um, I'm, you know, I'm the guy that I, I want to find out everything about myself that makes me tick. And he doesn't really care to know. He just lives happy. He's okay with that. Uh, not as much of a deep soul searcher as I am. He's outgoing and an extrovert and ridiculously good looking and charming. And everybody notices him when he we go, he goes, walks in a room and I am the opposite. It's like, I'd rather see if I can walk in and not be noticed. Uh, I used to always laugh if we went to a, go to a restaurant, he wants the table up front. I want the one in the dark corner. Um, and yet what an incredible bond. And this is a man who's been in my life for, uh, well over 30 years. Uh, so he offers that continuity. So there you go. I had to, I, there's no one person, those three figures, if you will, have been the most grounding, uh, people in my life. I love all of it. I love it all. Um, uh, just a quick comment on, on the, 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 the two people, which is, you know, the real life people that you have in your life. Um, and, oh my God, amazing picks. Your grandma and Roger, amazing. Mm-hmm. And then Jim Rohn, you know, it's kind of, yeah, why I started to scratch your own inch was just, you know, hey, um, y- y- self-help and business have to be correlated. And right. oftentimes it's not. And um, I think that's why businesses get a bad rap. Um, and, uh, because they just, the, the, the business is growing in the direction that you as a person is not growing. And so scratch your own itch to me is, is by having that pain. It's a, you know, it, it seems like so many people are like, I want to be an entrepreneur. And I go, why though? Do you have a really deep problem with your own self that if you didn't solve, you would die today if you didn't solve it. So, so figure that out first. And then if you know that it could help someone else's life, to be a little bit more uh, efficient or just more proficient. You know you have the equation to place upon them to do that, then go for it. Be an entrepreneur. It's it's going to take out the whole question of is am I passionate about this? You know what I mean? Um, so I really appreciate that you uh, point that out. Uh, awesome. Just 
got a couple more questions for you if you if you're okay with that and then we'll roll you out because i know that you're uh you're you're past your time so i really apologize for that no no i'm, I'm yours i'm here thank you thank you so much jeffrey um so the uh second to last question i'd love to ask is if you could give someone a, you know one little uh piece of uh exercise that they could do for themselves that you think for sure it could be a daily habit that will really, 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 really gain some clarity in their own life, in their business, what would it be? So I have to, I'll share my absolute favorite uh, daily practice, which is in, is in my book, Lingo. Um, it's not so much uh, that it will gain clarity as much as it will gain flow, positive flow. And it's what I call the what's going right journal. And it has been the most effective daily practice I have ever come up with in my life. Uh, and it comes from actually struggling with gratitude journals. And I know, you know everybody loves a gratitude journal. For me, I just could not get a gratitude journal to work. I couldn't get it. To, I couldn't stick with it. I couldn't. I saw no benefit of it. And. And for me, it was because I'm grateful for so many things. I'm grateful for waking up in the morning. I'm grateful for a beautiful sunny day. I'm grateful for breath. So it was hard for me to see any benefit in in a gratitude journal when it was unlimited as to what I would write. So I just it didn't hold any power for me. And quite honestly, I'm also a very action oriented person. I like results. <laughs> so uh, I developed what I call the what's going right journal which was a practice of, of journaling what's going right in my life, right? When, to, t to stop and take notice of what's going right, whether it's, gee, I'm noticing that uh, I'm being introduced into a lot of new people. Uh, my book is selling. That's going right. Um, or, you know, I'm noticing that I'm getting more attention for my work than I was getting. It's just putting your eyes on what's going right in your life because what happens is it actually creates a positive flow what we know and i think most of us know by now that what we focus on we see more of so when you start noticing more of what's going right guess what you start seeing more of what's going right and this is an important i've learned how, how practical of an important practice this is because humans by nature we see negativity more than we see positivity it's why you know, you could hear nine compliments for your work or for who you are. You'll hear one so-called insult, and all you'll focus on is the insult, the criticism, right? Somehow we have a way, we're just wired for survival to ignore the good, and we, we hone in on what could potentially harm us, whether it's our ego or our feelings, and we can't get rid of it. We can't unsee it. That's why this What's Going Right journal has proven for me and for others to be an absolute reversal of that mindset. When we start noticing more of what's going right, we're able to push aside that, that occasional criticism, the occasional bump that we face in life, when actually if you look at the course of any day, you have experienced many more wonderful and beautiful things and things that are going right than things that are going bad, and yet we tend to focus on what's going bad. So the what's going right journal, just, you know, journaling what's going right in my life right now and journaling that every day has had the most positive effect of any practice I've ever had. Hey, are you a coach or an author or a speaker? If this is you, then I want you to check out conveyor.com. 
It's a micro-learning platform in which you can create courses, challenges, and assessments and polls. Gather data or maybe make a course out of your incredible authority and thought leadership that you serve your peoples. So if you're someone who is saying things over and over again and you find yourself going, wow, okay, well, I wish I could systematize this or create a course out of it. Conveyor.com allows you to send text messages to people every single day with a little question or assessment or maybe a new test that they can use to learn a certain subject. So check out conveyor.com. Man, I, I'm so happy that you uh, point that one out. I, I since been doing research on you and your book, and I'm going to start integrating that in my life just because, man, like that's so true. Like uh, when you start focusing on the the right things that are going in in your life, you start to see all the right things that are going on in your life. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and the more of that starts to come in, uh, so it's that sort of like you know, uh, the whole notion of if you do believe it, it will come true. And I think this just sort of um, only makes it mm, a process. Like, really, this is a part of the process is to make it come true, focus on those things that are right. Um, so thanks, man. Really You're love welcome. That. Awesome. And uh, the last question is, you know, hey, you've given us super, super, super awesome value on how to, how to stand out, how to find your lingo as a business owner, or maybe you want to own a business one day. And people are probably thinking, how can I talk to Jeffrey Shaw more? And how can I support him? Uh, Where can they find you? And how can they get a hold of you? Um, Well, you know, again, what's important to me in the world is that that there's a there's a relationship and a, and, a, and a connection. So what I would recommend first is start with uh, what I call the Lingo Media Kit, and they can get that at lingomediakit.com. Um, and the there you'll find an infographic of um, the secret language strategy that I teach in the book. Uh, so you'll get an outline of the five steps, and there's also a free chapter in the book. Uh, of the book there, there's uh, an audio version of the free chapter as well. Um, so it's, um, and I actually may have said the URL wrong. It's, the, um, let me just check here real quick. So it's Lingo Media Kit. Yeah, lingomediakit.com. I did say correct. Yeah. So if you go to lingomediakit.com, infographic, free chapter, and an audio version of the chapter. Awesome. Sick, so, because yeah. if you go there, you'll find me. You know, you know, <laughs> I'm not hard to find. So, if you go there, uh, if you see value, and if you feel like, you know, hey, I'm someone that you're interested in, and you want to know more about me, yeah, you know, my social media links are there. Every way of getting in touch with me is uh, is there as well. Yeah, totally. And um, I will be putting that link in the show notes. So, if you're having a difficulty finding it while you're driving, or you know, pumping the iron. Like Arnold, <laughs> um, you can uh, set yourself with a little less stress and know that it's going to be there in the show notes for you to click mm-hmm. on. And gosh, thank you so much, Jeffrey, for taking well, hey, the time. You're so, but wait a minute, there's, there's a surprise coming for you that you oh. don't know about. <laughs> nice. This is your show, but now I'm going to flip the table and turn it on you. So I think it's important for your listeners to understand how you and I ended up here how we ended up having this conversation because this to me wraps up 
everything that we spoke about in a lot of ways about the importance of relationship. And what I like to point out also is how the, these that people can come along in your life that you can suddenly find yourself in a pretty in-depth relationship with that 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 relationship can develop quickly, deeply, and in today's world, you may never have met in person, such as the case with us. So let's talk about this story a little bit. It was, I think, February 17th, and I know the day that you sent me a Facebook message letting me know that you've been listening to my podcast, that my podcast has had an impact on you, that you've gone through some really tough times and emotional times and how you found solace and you found hope in my podcast. What you don't know, Logan, is when you sent me that message, I was standing in front of a hotel window, looking out at the sky and from a high rise, wondering, what do I want to do from this moment on with my life? Because two days before that, uh, the love of my life had broken my heart unexpectedly. Two days earlier, uh, you know, due to some anxiety going on in his life, he, he broke my heart and I had to leave to travel to attend a conference. And I was in no position to be away, but I had no choice. And I had escaped from the, the chaos of a convention, and I needed to return to that hotel room to, to cry it out, to, uh, to ask myself those big questions, to let my heart ache, uh, the pain I was feeling. And then, ding, I get this message on my phone from this guy named Logan, who's sharing with me how I made a positive impact on your life. And in that moment, you changed my life. You gave me, you gave me reason. You gave me, uh, you made me feel that I mattered when I needed to hear that I mattered because my heart was broken and I felt like I didn't matter. And I know that, and I wrote you back with, you know, my leadership strength saying, good for you. I'm glad I'd like to show, you know, you hang in there, you know, whatever positive words I gave you, I showed up for you as a leader. But what you didn't know is you actually probably helped me more than I helped you. And then because of that, you and I have continued to get to know each other. We've uh, connected on social media. Uh, I've continued to notice that, man, you and I have a lot of people in common. You're commenting on Facebook, on people that I know. And then here I am now on your show. And I just wanted you to know, because you have no idea the moment your message came through, the state of mind I was in and the impact you had on me by reaching out. And that is the power of relationship. And that's what gets us from you know, a funk two and a half months ago to where we are today. And then to wrap up the story, but the relationship with that guy has uh, been recovered. We are back together. Uh, we had two incredibly long months of a lot of heartache and pain in order to sort through, uh, you know, some lack of clarity in our lives uh, to recover and regain and, and move forward in a positive way. But there you go, my friend, that when you reached out to me, the impact on my life was huge. Oh man, um, freaking now ninja onion, uh, ninja onions are around or something like that uh, because ah, uh, that uh, definitely got the feeling the feels right now. Um, oh. thanks a lot for saying that. Sometimes I I, I don't even care anymore getting emotional on the show because I just done it um so many times. But uh, thank you for saying that. I did, had no idea that that was going on in your life and uh that's the that's the uh sort of uh secret to life is it's it's you are your it's a, you are only rich when you can create something that uh 
money can't buy. And this uh, is something money couldn't buy. So uh, I thank agree. You. I agree. So I wanted to share that with you because I knew you had no idea because you were the pain you were feeling at the moment you reached out was obvious. And I just wanted to show up for you uh, as a leader and as someone that you could lean on and the person you were asking for. So I showed up the way that I needed to for you, but I was fully aware that someday I would be able to have a chance to tell you that you saved me at the same time and you brought me back to feeling like I had, I was doing something, I was accomplishing something because my heart was breaking in a huge way. And, um, yeah, so divine timing, if you will, or whatever it is, but uh, all good. And then here we are. <laughs> wow. Uh, thank you so much, Jeffrey. Uh, I guess this is how we're going to end it. Um, <laughs> uh, but I want to say that uh, before we do end it, that um, this won't be the last time that Jeffrey and I will be talking for, for sure. And um, if you did listen to this and you are like, wow, uh, I want something like that. Just know that it's possible for you too to take just 10 seconds, you know, or two minutes out of your day to just reach out and message that person that you look up to because that's what it did for me. I didn't know that this was going to happen out of this. Uh, I just was going through a hard time. And if you are going through a hard time or maybe things are great, but some things made sense during this uh, conversation that Jeffrey and I had, uh, please don't waste a moment. Reach out to him. Just Google Jeffrey Shaw. You'll find it. And I'm going to put that link. Just Google Logan Tyler Nelson and you will find uh, a way to reach me. Um, so, uh, and please don't hesitate to friend me on Facebook or friend Jeffrey uh, because, um, yeah, relationships matter. So, uh, wow. Ah, geesh. Uh, feeling the feels. So I got to get off soon. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, though, for being on uh, Scratch Your Own Itch, and uh, we will talk later. My pleasure. All right. There's another episodes of scratch your own itch uh thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to support the show by listening um the biggest compliment you could ever pay me is just by sharing this because honestly it doesn't take much and it feels so good when people create something and take time and when i see someone take time to create something that really just changed my day either made me feel less alone, maybe put a smile on my face, made me laugh, made me feel wiser. I always want to share it with the world because why? When I share something that resonates with me, why not share it? I mean, that's just kind of the thing that goes around and it's free. It takes no time at all other than just a click of the button, share on either Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, any of those social media platforms would be great to share this. So I really appreciate it. And I want to say that um, anybody who's looking to gain authority or expertise in their area and they don't want to take another year, year and a half to write a book and wait until that's published, I think the best way is 
right now is to start a podcast. So if you're at all interested in starting a podcast, if you meet the certain requirements, I would love to help you with a podcast and also get a website going for you as well. And this is not an easy task. It's hard to actually get it done and get it out there. So every now and then we need some help and I'm here for you. So please reach me at Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com if you're interested at all. And don't ever forget, you matter and you're enough.